Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. I have internet this week. Yeah. I'm really excited because last week uh, my internet took a giant colossal dump. And so <laughs> I couldn't do squat. Um, I was actually trying to use hotspot on my phone to broadcast it. And no one could hear a darn thing I was saying. So... Hopefully that's not the case this week. So, yeah, um, the last couple weeks, oh my god. This has been absolutely insane. Um, I really wish I could get into everything for the last two weeks. Unfortunately, my memory span is neither that good, nor do I have enough time in the allotted hour to be able to do this. Although I could go longer than an hour, I have other things to do, like sleep. Sleep is good. So, um, anyways, the, the last week has been insane. Tearing down statues, uh, an autonomous zone in Washington. What the hell is that all about? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? And just trying to get caught up on everything and... Oh, the race baiting. I mean, there's the, uh, apparently, no noose is good news in the world of NASCAR. I mean, we have that going for us. Uh, last weekend, Bubba Wallace found a noose in his, well, not Bubba Wallace, but a member of his team had, uh, uh, allegedly found a noose inside his garage. Oh, my goodness. It turns out that, uh, no, not actually a noose. It's just a hand pull for the garage door. Like I said, no noose is good noose. Um, and the crazy part is everyone is so quick to jump on all these bandwagons of, oh, my God, he used the word white. He's a white supremacist. No, I was describing the color of the eggshells that are white. <gasps> do, do you not like the brown eggs? What is wrong with you? And it's absolutely just completely asinine. And to show how woke the world is getting when it comes to race, and this article from the Church Militant, New York City Planned Parenthood fires leader. Drop for abusive behavior, racism, and financial mismanagement. Although I'm willing to bet they allowed a lot of that to get go. 
you know, unchecked just because, you know, it's Planned Parenthood. But then <gasps> she said something naughty. Ooh. Uh, New York, and this again, this is from churchmilitant.com. Planned Parenthood has announced the firing of its New York City president and CEO after complaints of financial mismanagement, racism, and abusive staff. Laura McQuaid was given her walking papers by the abortion giant on Monday after a rash of complaints by current and former Planned Parenthood employees. McQuaid had led Planned Parenthood Greater New York City since 2017 after heading the Planned Parenthood Great Plains facility located in Kansas City, Missouri. Not anymore. Last week, the Board of New York Affiliate issued an apology for certain institutional failures, but said that it, quote, fully supports the work and leadership of Laura McQuaid and her team and commits to continuing the transformation that will make us a stronger, more equitable organization for our staff and communities, end quote. Uh, but by Monday, however, the Kansas City Star was reporting, this is an excerpt from the Star, the former CEO of Planned Parenthood's Kansas City area office has stepped down as the head of the abortion provider's largest affiliate following allegations of abusive behavior and systemic racism from current and former staff. The board of Planned Parenthood Greater New York announced on Monday that staff members, two staff members that it had parted ways with President and CEO Laura McQuaid according to an internal memo obtained by the Star before taking the reins of the New York office, blah, 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 blah. And basically, according to New York letter, quote, dozens of staff members have witnessed McQuaid yell, berate, slam her fist, verbally abuse, humiliate, and bully employees, often brutally shaming staff members in internal meetings in front of their colleagues. Like, whoever, who hasn't been berated in front of their colleagues at some point or another? I mean, I was in the military getting berated in front of colleagues. It's kind of a common occurrence, but I guess, you know, in a world where everyone's supposed to be all kind and sensitive, you just don't tell someone they're a colossal screw-up in front of all their co-workers. You don't want them judging you. But, and again, and it says racism in here, and unfortunately, I'm not seeing anything, uh, any of the, oh wait, any pro-lifer say it's not surprising, uh, but I guess maybe she said some things that were naughty and said some racist things during her beratings. It doesn't say anything in the article, but the irony is that an organization founded by a noted eugenicist and racist garbage piece of trash, Margaret Sanger, would fire... Its CEO or CEO of one of its chapters for towing the party line, so to speak, and holding really abusive and horrible opinions of someone based on their race. I mean, come on. I mean, shouldn't they be trying to promote her if she's walking in lockstep with Margaret Sanger? One would think. Like I said, in in this world where everything is racist and, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is awful. And what's really crazy is, you know, 
you start looking at some of the people who they support. Again, this is a Planned Parenthood person who, by all accounts, if she's spouting racist tripe, she should be uh, being held up on the same level as Margaret Sanger. But, in an act of pure hypocrisy, Margaret Sanger will never, ever, ever be dismissed by these nut jobs because of her. Because, I mean, she has these wonderful, wonderful, uplifting opinions of, of blacks, of those whom she called human weeds, who she openly advocated for the elimination and destruction of, as well as uh, you know, those people who, you know, just seem to constantly be reproducing and making more and more children, like, say, I don't know the Catholics, because, you know, the Catholic faith is kind of anti-birth control. Um, uh, mental defectives, you know, idiots, I believe, is uh, one of the words that was quite common to describe those who were not, uh, on the same cognitive plane as their uh, as their peers, I, these are the kind of people that she hated. You know, she hated the poor. She hated people from large families. She hated black people. She hated Jews. She believed only the absolute best of humanity should be allowed to have children and reproduce because we don't need human weeds running around here. And meanwhile, all this stuff that fully puts her on a pedestal of one of the worst human beings to live, it gets glossed over by her supporters. That's like West Vir- the late West Virginia Senator Robert Byrd. Uh, Robert Byrd was a very, uh, well, he was the leader of his local KKK chapter. <gasps> I know a lot of people like to go, oh, he was a grand wizard of the KKK. No, uh, he wasn't a grand wizard, he, but he did he did lead his local chapter. Oh, I just want to give a shout out to those people who are currently in the room. Let's see who we got here. Peachy, uh, she's in the room. Stacy, Sean, Tony, thank you all for joining me in this wonderful land of, well, it's not bourbon and bad decisions, it's rye whiskey and bad decisions tonight, but thank you for joining me. Um, you know, so you have people like Robert Byrd, noted, noted racist and KKK member, I actually had a discussion on the Book of Faces with a former teacher of mine when someone posted a meme about Robert Byrd being a Grand Wizard of the KKK. Again, fact-checking shows that he wasn't the Grand Wizard. But she was very adamant to defend Robert Byrd. (gasps) Well, he, he renounced his racism, and he did all these things to... To, to make to make things better for African Americans and blah 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 blah. I'm like wait 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 hold on. So what you're saying is, in the world of cancel culture, 
if someone has bad ideas, bad opinions based on race or someone's sexual identity, sexual preference, and that they evolve past that, they, they progress, if you may, and have a more uh, conforming opinion later on because, I don't know, they found Jesus, they found Allah, Buddha, whomever. They had a worldview shift that goes, you know, not liking those people for X reason is ignorant and stupid, and I now accept them because a higher power, be it God, be it the universe, whoever calls me to love everybody. We shouldn't cancel those people. I'm sure if I brought up John Rocker, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a Braves fan out there somewhere who just perked their ears up at that. I'm sure if you know John Rocker were to try to get back into baseball of any reason, they'd pull up some old statements about um about homosexuals. And he would be canceled almost immediately. Alright. See, Tony says, look, wearing blackface 20 years ago for a comedy sketch is way worse than being a reformed KKK supporter, clearly. Yeah, um, because right now, is it Fallon is doing the, uh, doing the apology tour because of his Chris Rock impersonation? That was really good, by the way. I, he hit, he hit the voice structure and everything. And... And then, you know, then there's Kimmel. Well, I think Kimmel's was just so mean-spirited about it, too. Just, it did, I can't even find anything funny. I mean, make fun of the way Carl Malone talks because Carl Malone likes to speak about Carl Malone in the third person. I mean, oh, I've never really found Kimmel to be all that funny anyways, but, but even then, it, I... I doubt the, uh, the that blackface 20, 30 years ago for a comedy bit, it it probably won't be biting them in the ass for too long. I mean, uh, look at Justin Trudeau. I mean, he was reelected to Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, Ralph Northam, there in the uh, United Soviet Socialist Republic of Virginia. Yeah, I mean, he got reelected, and... And honestly, though, it's really hard to tell who's who in that famous picture of him. Is he the guy in blackface, or is he the guy wearing the wearing the Klan hood? <laughs> Sean says he loves rye whiskey and rants. So do I. However, it does uh, it does parse the throat a little bit. But it just the the canceling of people just because. I mean, I I couldn't find a better person to cancel than a CEO of Planned Parenthood chapter. That's just me, because, you know, black lives matter, unless they're still in the womb or they're being killed by other black people. Or looters are destroying black businesses. Or they're being killed off by each other and a city that doesn't do anything to 
that doesn't do anything to really try stopping it. I, I said Black Lives Matter, except for all of those. Uh, Peachy says that she would cancel Alyssa Milano in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, cancel means kick her ass, right? Sure. If 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 that's what it means to you, I mean, by all means, you you do you, boo boo. You do you. And it's the insanity of everything is going going on. I mean, you can't even post memes on Facebook anymore because you get fact checked. Um, someone on the Relentless Daring fan page on Facebook. He he posted uh, a meme about how Hitler was pro-defund the police. And it's like, I'm a free speech guy. It's like, yes. I'm not sure how factual that is, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bust on anyone's balls for it. It's because, you know, people are, okay, that's being a little too generous, but Generally speaking, people are kind of smart. They look at stuff and kind of figure out, yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's not exactly accurate. And they can make their own decision if they want to believe it or not. Well, USA Today had to get involved and had to stick their nose into into it. Well, because what he had shared with the uh, fan page was that it was actually shared from someone else from their uh, place on Facebook. So the original post got fact-checked, and then everywhere it was shared, it got picked up with the fact-check. And so then it's like, wait. Yeah, I kind of got a little little angry with Facebook and, you know, about coming in. Um, let's see, clean this up. Um uh, Richard's a swinging about how if I'm not, if me and the other admins aren't working to better police our group, they will shut it down. It's like, really? No, we're grown ups here. I mean, we, if we want to share stuff that may or may not be true, that's on us. We don't need Facebook coming in and going, oh my gosh, that's bad. I mean, they. Th- they threatened to remove one of my admins because apparently at some point she had shared a uh, a COVID-19 meme that was uncouth, and we just can't have that on Facebook. Oh, really? Come on. That's absolute insanity. And it's getting to the point where they when they fact-check stuff, it they're fact-checking true things. Uh, so from Media Research Center. Uh, the USA Today fact checks fact check seeks to cover up racist Democrat history of 1964. Independent fact checkers can easily be mistaken for Democrats who don't want you don't want you to remember Democrat history. USA Today threw a false flag at this Facebook meme, causing it to be fairly unreadable to people scrolling past it. And the meme set is just a blank screen and white lettering. In 1964, on the floor of the U.S. Senate, Democrats held the longest filibuster in our nation's history. 75 days, all trying to prevent the passing of one thing. The Civil Rights Act. 
and they fact check it because it it wasn't really 75 days it was only 60 <gasps> the egregiousness of this error no you look like an idiot because the meme maker didn't get the number days right oh my gosh it's like when i got beat up on twitter because I accuse Jason Kander of losing the wrong political office. He was running for Senate, and I accuse him of losing the governor's race. And I'm still, well, my, my pride and my ego were somewhat bruised because apparently certain people on the interwebs, they have crazy followers. Jason Kander proved to be a fairly classy guy. I apologize because, oh my goodness, I am sorry. I, you know, I was kind of overseas and there was a lot of stuff going on at the time. So I conflated your race with somebody else's. My bad. You know, and he was classy about it. You know, he, uh, he extended grace because, you know, people make mistakes. But, oh my God, his followers lost their damn minds. I didn't think it was ever going to end. <laughs> Stacy says, "I wonder how they how they would react if we fact checked them and ban them for fake news." Um, well, that's just it. Is they have no sense of self awareness, so they wouldn't really care if we fact check them because oh, there's a guy I listen to. Uh, his right now his motto is assumed you're being lied to, so they just wouldn't they just wouldn't uh, accept it and just go on. Tony makes a good point. Some people on the internet have crazy followers. Says the man with us as followers, different kind of crazy followers, I guess. Well. Yeah, it's a huge difference in crazy followers um, because you're not rabid about it. You don't come in uh, necessarily guns a-blazing and just constantly rip down and try to humiliate somebody because they got a fact wrong. And most of y'all, and I say most, are fairly, I don't know, sane. When it comes to, hey, you said something I uh, have a completely different worldview about, I'm going to debate you. And if I don't agree with you or we can't come to some sort of agreement, I'll just mute you. Or if you're going to be a complete ass, I'll block you. And then you go on with your life. You don't sit and harass and harangue. You don't find people's uh, iTunes ratings and reviews and try to drag them down. Yes, that actually happened. My only one-star review. Eh, whatever. I still love you. I didn't... Even though you don't love me, I still love you. Anyways, now that the, uh, now that the train has fully, completely come off the rails, uh, USA Today's Rachel Riley admitted that Southern Democrats filibustered for 60 days, not 75. But not all Democrats filibustered, so it was 
partly false. A June 20, 1964, New York City Daily News article about the passage said 46 Democrats and 27 Republicans were in favor of the bill, while 21 Democrats, all from southern or border states, which we still had border states in 1964? I, I'm pretty sure the whole border thing went out the window like 99 years earlier when, you know, Lee signed the surrender at Appomattox. What do I know? (laughs) History. They listed Democrats like Strom Thurmond, who later became a Republican. Yes, in the great swapping of the Dixiecrats to the Republican Party in which two, two politicians from federal state or local office changed party affiliation because you know it'd be easier to get reelected but yeah again how dare I look at a history book you know they said they listed Strom Thurmond but left out some familiar names such as Senator Albert Gore Sr. of Tennessee you know this back before his son invented the internet But this meme had to be flagged for fact abuse. Our ruling partly false. It is true that Democrats hold the record for the longest filibuster, but there are a couple of aspects of the exact claim that are false or misleading. It wasn't 75 days. It lasted only 60 days. And there should be a distinction made in exactly who was blocking the bill. The majority of Democrats who opposed the 1964 Civil Rights Act were from southern states. Some Democrats in non-Southern states did support the bill. Like, really? This is why it's maddening that authoritative, that's in quotes, so I had to do a voice to mock it, news outlets end up blocking or obscuring social media posts over, quote, distinctions, end quote, that remind voters, some of whom aren't very wise about 1964, The Democrats used to have a pile of staunch racists in their caucus. And if you really stop and think about it, how many people on the left now, they engage in something known as white condescension. That, you you go back and you look at the uh, Aunt Jemima thing. (sighs) Yeah, well, black people, are they they just don't know. They're being made a mockery of with Aunt Jemima because the name Aunt Jemima comes from minstrel shows in the late 1800s where they made fun of black people. You had white people in blackface making fun of black people with the the step and fetching kind of comedy acts. So we have to step in on their behalf. Or the, well, you see, Native Americans really, they don't understand that Washington Redskins, Atlanta Braves, Florida Seminoles, all these names are horribly offensive to Native Americans. Meanwhile, the Native Americans are like, really, bruh? Seriously? Right now, we can't get crap from the federal government for the reservation, but y'all out there, you know, fighting on our behalf over the name of a football team? You have African Americans who 
by and large, consume and purchase Aunt Jemima syrup more than any other ethnic group. I mean, it is the top-selling brand of pancake syrup that we have on the have on the economy right now. I mean, I think it sells three times more volume than its closest competitor. African Americans, on a scale of two hundred, rate Aunt Jemima syrup at a hundred and ninety-seven. They give it a nearly perfect score, but obviously they. They're just, they have to just be too dumb to realize that they're being made fun of. Forget the fact that Nancy Green, uh, the, you know, former slave turned actress who was hired at the uh, Chicago World's Fair to use this new pancake, self-rising pancake mix, sell, you know, cook and sell pancakes, tell stories, she was so popular, she was the first person, first person of any race, ethnicity, background to become a living trademark. Long before Colin Kaepernick's cop-hating face was being used to sell Nike shoes. Long before Michael Jordan was selling Hanes and Big Macs, long before Tiger Woods set foot inside of a Buick. Nancy Green was the first living trademark. She was one of the first black millionaires in this country, and she started life as a slave. But, you know, we have crazy liberal, upper middle class, liberal, college educated yuppies who go around telling people what they should and should not be offended by, which I frankly find offensive. But if you tell them, you don't have the right to tell me what I should be offended by. There was a, a, a couple videos that came out of crazy white ladies going full-fledged Karen yelling at black police officers about how they're part of the part of the institutional racist system they're not doing anything to help the system because they're part of it therefore they're racist against their own their their own race <laughs> Tony says listen Woke feelings don't care about your facts. Damn skippy they don't. But then again, facts don't care about woke feelings. And you can have woke feelings all day long. The facts are still going to win out. Now, whether you accept those facts, which uh, in one of those videos of, you know, crazy woke white lady yelling at black cops, I mean, the cops were even trying to talk to her. At not as a, a, a cop out there doing his duty and a crazy-ass protester, but as one person to another. And er, the cops eventually said, you know what? 
what you're doing right now, because anytime I try to say anything to you, you're just screaming at me. You, you're being run by pure emotion at this point. We cannot have a conversation because all you want to do is yell. All you're wanting to do is look for the fight. And it, it's sad when you get to the point where you can't have a conversation with people who are like that. Uh, there's many times where I have I have friends on you know various political bents. I have friends who are uber libertarian, and even though we agree on like eighty percent of things, you get into that twenty percent areas, and it's like. I'm going to do my best to have a civil conversation, but you just need to settle down to smidge, okay? You're getting a little worked up here. You know, I have crazy leftist friends. A lot of stuff we do, you know, we agree on. We agree hating black people because they're black is wrong. We agree that hating gay people for the fact that they're gay is wrong. However, where we differ is what do we do? You know, they believe in a huge government. Oh, well, the government can control everything and blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, well, you know, it's a heart thing. More people need to you know, reach out and talk to those they don't know, they don't agree with their lifestyles, or they're just ignorant. Ignorance is, ignorance is cured by knowledge. Unless it's willful ignorance in which you don't care what information you have, you're never going to respond to it. Tony says, proven fact, yelling at someone about how oppressed they are when you've never shared their experience makes you more experienced and gives you moral authority. Read it on the Internet. Yes, um, and as Abraham Lincoln once said, everything you read on the Internet is true. And it's, it's absolutely insane that people cannot have discussions outside of you know emotion driven garbage I would love to have more rational reason conversations with some of my leftist friends a lot of times though they're into the arguments driven on pure emotion and emotion alone and then I'm not immune to it. I'll be the first to admit that there's times where I get into emotionally driven states where I have to stop and take a breath because I realize, oh my gosh, I sound as stupid as they do. Sitting and yelling over over the dumbest thing and, you know, pulling a them move and resorting to ad hominems and name calling. I will take a short break, and I will be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring. 
and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring Podcast, and as always, stay relentless. All right, so getting back into oh, wow, came in. I had my uh, had my mic turn. It's a little hot, and I was yelling in my own ears. But um, so another thing is like the, all the Antifa people. Well, we all know Antifa exists. We've all seen the crowds of black block wearing, communist flag waving, nincompoops out there on the streets and taking over. Seattle, Portland, blah, 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 blah. Well, you can't help but come across stupid people. Um, an article from today, uh, it's uh, from townhall.com. Jerry Nadler, on, while in the... Uh, a House Judiciary Committee claimed that Antifa doesn't exist. I'm just going to let that sink in there for a Jerry Nadler made the claim that Antifa does not exist. Believe uh, there's an issue when y- you don't believe the things that are made plain. You know, like again, I'm looking at a picture right now that you know some white middle class yuppie dressed in black block literally has a red hammer and sickle on it painted onto a sign on his chest and. A whole group of these white middle class yuppies who say they're all out there. Well, we're anti fascist. Well, no, you're just a communist. And anything right of Lenin and Marx and Mao, they're all fascists in, from your point of view. And then another history lesson the founder of fascism as we know it. Uh, Juan Benito Mussolini, prior to World War One, was one of the leading socialist scholars and thought leaders in Europe. Then World War One happened, and soldiers on the front line they didn't talk about about how they, yeah, we're the workers fighting against the the oppressive imperialists in Austria. No, 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 no. They were proud Italians fighting for Italy against the imperialist Austro-Hungarian Empire. And Mussolini, the young, bright officer that he was, went, huh, 
So maybe I can take my socialism that I 100% agree with, but instead of focusing on exporting it and all of the workers uniting, because people aren't fighting for their social class, they're fighting for their country. So I'll wrap it up in nationalism. So it's a collective effort, kind of a kind of like a fasci, which was a a reinforced battle axe that had a bunch of sticks bound around it. So that way, because you know it's stronger together, it's collectivism. But you know, again, who cares about history when you can, you know, and opening a book and doing some basic rudimentary study when you just go, yeah, man, you're a bunch of fascists, you fascist pig, man. You damn hippies. Anywho, during his speech on the House floor Thursday afternoon, Democratic Congressman and House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler claimed Antifa is imaginary. Antifa does exist, and the loosely affiliated organization of anarchists has done significant damage in the country. In a letter to Attorney General Bill Barr Friday morning, a dozen House Republicans are detailing the final actions of the group and encouraging the Department of Justice to continue prosecutions of members who break the law. Quote, As you may know, Antifa groups have had a long history of violent protests under which they have caused direct harm to anyone critical of their beliefs. For example, last summer, a photojournalist who was a harsh critic of Antifa groups was beaten by an Antifa mob on a public street. The photojournalist posed no physical threat to the group and was simply capturing footage during a Portland Antifa demonstration, the letter states. That would be Mr. Andy No. <laughs> Tony says, Antifa? Imaginary? Oh, good! All those statues they pulled down, or... Or cruisers they burn, and businesses looted and defaced, or fined? Yes, absolutely. You get you know, the, all those, like, uh, the, the Colonel Haig Memorial in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. You know, an immigrant came here saw that slavery was a horrible thing and, you know, literally died fighting against slavery when he was shot and killed while leading the charge at the Battle of Chickamauga in Georgia. Yeah, they tore down his statue, decapitated it, and threw the pieces into the lake. Which just goes and tells me that Antifa is a bunch of xenophobic bastards. Because, I mean... They freaked out, and they tore down the statue of an immigrant. Those hater McHater faces. Or, if you're a fan of the Pat Gray show on The Blaze, they are hating hate mongers, mongering in hate. <laughs> Peachy says, yep, it was all a dream. Cue the dream sequence. I, I don't have any dream sequence sounds. No, you look like an idiot. And my producer's being an a-hole. Thank you, producer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just goes on the letters. More recently, in 2019, during an Antifa protest outside the Tacoma Net Northwest Detention Center in Tacoma, Washington, an armed 68-year-old man attacked a police officer. 
The armed man placed his arms around the officer in an attempt attempt to choose him? Hey, I'm trying to figure out who who uh copied this letter over. You know, I'm assuming it's supposed to be attempt to choke him. So that another protester would be freed. Later, police found explosives and weapons in his bag. I believe that dude was actually killed in the process. But, you know, all the evidence that they exist. Peachy, I wasn't calling you an idiot. I was calling... That was my producer calling me an idiot because I don't have the right music. No, you look like an idiot. Stop that. I can't get... As I look in the mirror, I just can't help but wonder why I can't get good help in here. Seriously. My producer's an idiot. Um, but they come out and say th these groups don't exist even though I mean, if they don't exist, why do they have Facebook pages? Why do they have Twitter accounts? Why do they go around banners declaring themselves as Antifa and calling anyone who disagrees with them a bunch of fascist pigs and proceed to try to kill them? Oh, my goodness. It's just absolutely stunning and mind-boggling about facts that are plainly available, like, I don't know, turning on the news. I, I guess if you're a 90-year-old fat piece of crap congressman from New York, I guess you only watch one, one news, news source where, you know, you have people like Ali Velshi going out there and well standing in front of a burning building well as you could tell the uh, the protests are mostly peaceful it's like wait I just watched a dude firebomb the car behind you and you're telling me these are mostly peaceful protests do I look stupid to you don't answer that Tony stop I already know what you're going to say doesn't work but um, it's absolutely insane the times we're going through. Um, I'm hoping and praying that everything kind of slows down. <laughs> Tony says, oh, whoa, 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 I wasn't going to say anything. Uh-huh. I know how you chair force people are. Always out there trying to make fun of everyone who's, oh, well, you know, you have to do real military work yeah and like you're so good because your fancy hair and you know in fact your air force we we say when I was in the army we said words like hua which makes absolutely no sense meanwhile the air force they they say other fancy things like ow I got paper cut I know I'm alienating my air force listeners I know. You know what the inter-service uh, inter picking and badgering of each other, that's what we do. We do it in fun. We do it because we, we love each other so very much. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm Again, I'm just hoping and praying that all this settles down and that 
maybe we can deal with it in a constructive way that doesn't involve, I don't know, like a $14.7 trillion proposal from, was it, uh, Robert Johnson from BET Network. That Apparently, that's, that's the perfect number. For, no, pardon me, for reparations. $14.7 trillion because the uh, approximately $23 trillion that we've paid paid out from the uh, Great Society from uh, LBJ back in the 60s, that wasn't enough. But, you know, because it's everything, the war on drugs, war on poverty, the war on war, all these things, it's just a continual money pit in which the federal government, well, we, we really can't afford it. So in that words, we're going to borrow the money. And now they're not even borrowing money. They said, screw it, fire at the printing presses, modern monetary theory, baby. We print it and we say it's a dollar's worth a dollar. And who cares what? Who cares about this thing called inflation? All right, I think that's gonna wrap it up for me tonight. Now I've completely alienated my audience. I, you know, made fun of the Air Force guys who listened to the show. All two of you. It's okay. I still love you. I only, I only kid because I care. Oh, I, I have elicited quite the response from Tony, and I'm going to share it with the podcast listeners. Hey now, I've helped your army buddies out more than a few times. Apparently, they couldn't grasp the fact if you lift up on the tongue of a trailer, you can hook it up to the truck. They need to rest in place, season the jack with no other effort. What's an 800-pound tongue weight? Am I right? They did have a darn good catering, though. Yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Oh, Pizza says she has a great Army versus Air Force. I think we all do. And, again, it's it's one of those things. We pick on each other because we care. Um, we understand that, you know, you know, the role of everybody in the military. You know, you know, we have the Marine Corps. We have, you know, so they do a lot of the same stuff the Army and the Air Force does. You know, we have the Navy who floats the Marine Corps to where they need to be. You know, and then, yeah, truly, there's only there's only two jobs in the entire military, anyways: infantry and support. So now I've really gone and done it. I, I I've let my blue cord privilege get the better of me. Son of a buck. Anyways. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you're uh, checking this out on the podcast, especially if you're on app, listen to it on Apple, I do ask for four things, only four little things. Number one, subscribe. You'll get notified whenever the new episode drops, either sometime tonight or in the morning. Then, rate it, preferably five stars. Like I said, there's that one. There's that. There's that one dipwad out there who. Didn't even listen to the show, and yeah, said he's going to try to drag me. But hey, you know, we got to make up, got to make up for uh, bad people. The story, story of all of our lives. We're all generally good people, always having to deal with the consequences of some other idiot. 
And then, you know, would you have that five star, five star rating? Drop the, uh, drop a nice review. That way, you know, as the it pops up as, hey, you might like this podcast based on the other things you've been listening to. And then they read the reviews and go, oh, they like it, they like it, they like it. That person must just, they just must be hard to please. Oh, and those people like it. You know, leave, you know, it helps grow the base, you know. And finally, the last thing I ask is, do you share the podcast? Send it to someone who you think will like the podcast. Better yet, send it to someone who you think this will drive them completely bonkers up the wall. Because hate and discontent are good things. I like spreading hate and discontent. <laughs> Peachy says, I expect expects us to subscribe when we're sober. Well, maybe. Some of us don't forget everything. <laughs> Peachy missed number four. Number four is you share it with somebody who you think will like the show or you share it with someone which will drive them completely bat crap crazy up the wall because hate and discontent are fun to spread. And that seems to be all that ever seems to get shared these days with anyone is hate and discontent. Just watch the news. Um, again, I also want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy at a Cedar Hill Woodworking. I find my ad copy here. Uh, Cedar Hill Woodworking. They they have uh, he he does a custom laser engraving, and he he builds uh, like dice towers and stuff for the people who get in the tabletop games, the Dungeons and Dragons, the uh, Warhammer 40k. He's got a 3D printer that he you know 3D prints the the plastic characters he builds the the landscape sets it's really cool the stuff he does uh go to etsy.com and search for cedar hill woodworking check out what he has over there it's really great work uh great guy to have helping out with the show um again also the show is funded by fine folks like you if you go to relentlessdaring.com you will see at both the top and the bottom of the page that there is a link to donate to the show, click that, and you can set up a one-time donation, except a uh, a reoccurring donation. Either or, um, everything goes back into the show. With the help of fine folks like you, I now have a really nice pair of in-ear monitors that are way better than any headphones that I have ever used. Thank you so much. It's you know you're also you know working on some uh, more software to help. You know, better recording for the show, coming up with more merch and stuff like that. Thank you all so much. It's everything. Everything I do is because you all have made it possible, and thank you so very much for it. So, and as always, stay relentless. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 